It is a great blessing in my life that by the mercy of Srila Prabhupada, Shri Radha Govinda Dev, and the Vaishnavas, I am being given this opportunity 
to be in the Sangam of the great Vaishnavas of Calcutta. It is truly my honor and I'm deeply grateful to have this um, opportunity to serve you. Calcutta, as we have explained in so many ways, in so many times, in so many places, is most sacred to the hearts of hundreds and thousands, if not millions of devotees throughout the world. It is the birthplace of his divine grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada. Lord Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu appeared in Navadweep, the state of Bengal. Calcutta is the very capital of Bengal today. Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu himself visited the birthplace of his Guru Maharaj, Ishwara Puri, Kumarahata, which is actually only a couple hours drive from Kolkata. Um, and there he collected the dust from the earth. He, with deep reverence and love and appreciation, he ate some of that dirt and cried tears of ecstasy and exclaimed that this, this dirt is more dear to me than my very life. In fact, it is my life because it is from the place of the birth of my spiritual master. And Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu collected some of that dirt and wrapped it up and took it with him. Um, Mahaprabhu Goranga is Krishna who comes to taste the sweetness of the supreme lover of Krishna, Srimati Radharani. And in the mood of Sri Radha's love and compassion, he's distributing that love to the people of the world in this age of Kali Yuka. So Lord Chaitanya, as Prabhupada said, he came in the role of a devotee to teach us by his examples, by his words, by the principles he, he valued. He taught us what it means to be a devotee. Essential, a devotee is some Siddhir Haditoshanam, one who pleases Krishna. That's really what a devotee means. We please Krishna. We orient our words as far as possible, our thoughts and our lives in such a way that Krishna is pleased with us. Um, 
But to please Krishna is not a matter of our own speculations or preferences. Krishna speaks in Bhagavad Gita what pleases him. Krishna has illustrated the highest ways we could please him through the exemplary devotees of Srimad Bhagavatam. And then Krishna himself comes in the mood of the love of, of Sri Radha, who pleases him supremely the most for all of eternity, to teach us in the role of a devotee how to apply the principles of Srimad Bhagavatam and Bhagavad Gita to our lives. Um, so when Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is, is worshiping Kumarahata, um, he's doing it not only out of the love and appreciation of his heart, but as an example for all of us. And Srila Prabhupada is our founder, Acharya. He's the predominant guru of all devotees of ISKCON, the International Society for Krishna Consciousness. And Calcutta is his birthplace. Um, I believe five centuries ago when Lord Chaitanya was was eating the dirt of Kumarahata. It was probably very fine, clean, pure dirt. Um, in Calcutta today, um, I I don't think we should be eating that <laughs> because Lord, Lord Kushula Prabhupada um, always signed his letters, I hope this meets you with best of health, so we have to take care of our health. But the spirit of the principle of the holiness of the place and how we humble ourselves before the holiness of that place is very um, prominently um, expected from all of us. And it's, it's, it's the doorway to, to the path home to loving devotional service to Krishna. Um, Krishna tells to Uddhava that um, service to, respect to, honor to my devotee pleases me even more than respect for myself directly. That is the nature of love. Srila Prabhupada he would sometimes cite the, the Western idea, love me, love my dog. And it really is true in the West for any of you who have been. Um, people really love their dogs. And if you, and if Prabhupada said, if, if, if you give a rich man something, then it, it won't mean that much to him. But if you please, the rich man's son or the rich man's dog, then he will be overwhelmed with gratitude. So in this way, um, Lord Chaitanya taught us this idea of gopi bhartur padakamalayora das, 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 anudas. 
Whoever is Parananda, you should turn your microphone off, please. To be the servant of the servant of the servant is the path to Krishna's heart. That is what pleases Krishna. So Calcutta, being Srila Prabhupada's birthplace, is very special. It's also the place where Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur Prabhupada established his preaching mission of the Gaudiyamat from Sri Mayapur Dham, where he had his base at the Sri Chaitanya Math, um, to, to fulfill the will of Mahaprabhu, to spread the holy name of Krishna and devotional service to Krishna in every town and village throughout the world. Um, he made the headquarters for that preaching mission in Calcutta. And by Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Prabhupada and our Prabhupada's mercy now, we are being given the opportunity to be the caretakers and the savites of that very place at Ultadunga Junction Road. And we're very eager to see it renovated and we're very eager to see it a place where we could really meditate on and the greatness of this guru-disciple relationship between Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati and our beloved Srila Prabhupada. 1922, I guess that's about 98 years ago. Um, Srila Prabhupada, who just had a little child, his first baby, and he was married, and he had a really good job working with Dr. Bosch. He went to meet Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur Prabhupada and was given this instruction, um, take Lord Chaitanya's teachings to the whole world in the English language. Such an impossible situation especially at that particular time in Srila Prabhupada's life, how to digest such an instruction from a person you just met seconds before. But Srila Prabhupada, um, after he had a discussion about what, would these, what was the real urgency of life and the real urgency of society, Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Prabhupada's um, Instruction to Srila Prabhupada is, is timeless and universal in all situations. It especially applies to the world today, and in fact, the world every day, because um, India was subjugated by the British rule. Srila Prabhupada was with, um, with Sri Gandhiji's um, freedom movement, and Srila Prabhupada said, we have to solve this problem before we could really 
give integrity, dignity, and respect to the teachings of, of India's culture. We must become free. We must become independent. And um, Srila Saraswati Thakur Prabhupada, he said that there's always problems in this world, but there's only one true solution that we're all eternal souls. We're all part of Krishna. We're all searching for Krishna. And in forgetfulness of Krishna, we have to suffer from janma, mrityu, jara, vyadi, from birth, old age, disease, and death. And that is bondage. Whatever political situation may come, we still have to grow old, get diseased, and die. And the threefold miseries of Adiyatmaka, Adibhotika, Adidaivaka are still there in all situations. Therefore, we cannot wait, we cannot postpone the real solution to the real problems. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, when he would go out into the um, villages and on the pathways and roads of Bengal, he would sing Jeev Jago, Jeev Jago, Goda Chandra Bole, Kota Nidra Jayomaya, Pisa Chirakole. That we're sleeping in this state of illusion, this avidya, this ignorance of Maya. And the solution is we must wake up from this dream. We must realize that we are all eternal, full of knowledge and full of love for Krishna. When we speak about Ananda, it, it can only mean this to a Vaishnava. Ananda is not the pleasures of this world, however satisfying may they, they may be to our mind and our senses. Ananda is not the pleasures of the heavenly worlds, nor is it the pleasures of, 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 of having great yogic powers. Even Rupa Goswami tells that the ananda, the pleasure of mukti, liberation in the all-pervading infinite light of Brahman, is hardly a drop compared to the ananda of the ocean of love for Krishna. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu compared bhakti to a vast, limitless ocean. And just to taste a particle of a drop from that ocean completely satisfies the soul forever. That is prema. That is love for Krishna. So Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasati Thakur, not only did he establish Gaudiya Math's preaching from Calcutta, but by his own will, he performed his final pastime of disappearing from this world in Calcutta. And his beloved father, Bhakti Vinod Thakur, so much of his energy of preaching Krishna consciousness and establishing foundational um, 
principles and foundational inspiration for worldwide bhakti. He did from Calcutta. It was his home, one of his homes for many years. And of course, Lord Chaitanya and Lord Nityananda, so many of their associates um, perform their pastimes in the area that is now Calcutta. So what an honor it is. Considering these great acharyas, how they valued this place, who are we to think that we're entitled to be there? Who are any of us to think that we deserve to be there? It's a blessing. It's a blessing that's, that's given by the Vaishnavas. And um, we, we progress in spiritual life and we're empowered to the degree we humble ourselves with deep gratitude for that blessings. How can we call the abode of the Lord our own? Lord Chaitanya prayed to Sri Nandanandan Krishna that I'm just praying to be a speck of dust at your lotus feet. That is the humility of a Vaishnava. He's not saying, Krishna, I want to, I want to play with you. Krishna, I want to dance with you. Mahaprabhu Sri Chaitanya, Srimati Radharani's bhava. He's praying, I want to be a speck of dust at your lotus feet. Because until we attain that consciousness to aspire to be an insignificant, infinitesimal particle of dust at the feet of Krishna, that's, that's the gateway into Krishna's dance and Krishna's abode of playing with Krishna as a cowherd boy or playing with Krishna's leela as a gopi until we truly consider ourselves a speck of dust at his feet, we're not given the realizations of the genuine experience of the Leelas of Vrindavan. We can't even really understand what Bhagavad Gita is or Srimad Bhagavatam, Yeyatam Prapadyante, until we really please Krishna. And from the example of Krishna in all of our acharyas, what does it mean to be a speck of dust at the feet of Govinda? It's not just a literal thing of being a dust and Krishna stepping on us. It's a spirit that we can apply to our life today. It means to truly humble ourselves to serve him. Lotus feet represents the object of service. Um, to, 
Trinadapi suniche na terori basihishnuna, amani na manadena kirituniya sadahari. Humility like the grass, tolerance, forgiveness like the trees, the eagerness to offer respect to others, detachment from the expectation or the demand to be respected ourselves. In this way, we could actually be like a speck of dust at Krishna's feet in our service. And then Krishna, who's non different than his name, reveals himself and his supreme ultimate sweetness. And then, Kirtaniya Sadahari, we can actually chant the names of the Lord constantly. Shushusho Shadadanas Yabasu Devakataru Chisyan Mahatsevaya Vipra Punyatiratana Sevanat. Um Srimad Bhagavatam tells us that when we get a taste for hearing and chanting the glories of the Lord, Krishna is so pleased that we have that taste, that from within from within our hearts. He cleanses, he cleanses the mirror of our mind from all the dirt of material desires, misconceptions, or anartas. And in that clean heart, the light of the soul's love and devotion shines, shines to reflect Krishna's supreme beauty and mercy into our own lives, and into the world through us. But how? How can we gain that taste for hearing and chanting? The Bhagavatam tells, by associating with and rendering service to great souls. To be a servant is a state of consciousness where we're not demanding we're grateful. We're grateful for the opportunity to serve. Service comes by the mercy of Krishna. It can't just be grabbed. The service attitude is, it is to be received. Imagine Srila Prabhupada was given that service in Calcutta at Ultadonga Junction Road, and he meditated upon that he made that his very life and soul, although he was unable at the time to physically execute it. It was in his heart. It was his intention. And ultimately, um, 1965, that's 43 years later from Calcutta. Kata. Krishna's arrangement from Calcutta, he boarded Jaladutta. And it was from there, um, after visiting Sri Mayapur Dham, he came back to his birthplace. He came back to the place where, where the birth of that, of the, the seed of the instruction of, of his Guru Maharaj was given. And that's where he. Um, sailed 
to the West and ultimately around the world so many, many times. So this is the mood. This is the mood devotees all over the world um, need to cultivate what, what is real bhakti. To aspire to be a speck of dust at the lotus feet of Krishna. Aspire to be the servant of the servant of the servant of Krishna with a grateful and humble heart and with courage and enthusiasm and determination. That was Lord Chaitanya's example. That was Srila Prabhupada and all our Acharya's example. Just close to Calcutta, under the care of the devotees of Calcutta, is Panihati. And there is where our Prayojana Acharya Raghunath Das Goswami um, received special mercy and blessing. The, the example of Raghunath Das Goswami that took place there and later in Puri is the pathway to real Krishna consciousness for each and every devotee in whatever particular ashram or varna we may be in. Um, Raghunath Das Goswami, our Prayojana Acharya, he taught us how to actually attain the highest perfection of ecstatic love for Krishna. Prayojana, the love of the gopis. Um, in Bengal, Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasati Bhakti Vinod Thakur and our Srila Prabhupada, they warned us about um, the misconceptions of, of the various groups of sahajiyas who, who feel entitled to enter into um, Krishna's intimate pastimes of Brindaban you know, through, through, through imitations or through um, immature forms of meditations. Um, Raghunath Das Goswami, he is our Prayojana Acharya. Acharya means one who teaches by example. He is teaching by his example how to enter into the mood of the gopis. We know he was a very wealthy um, heir. His uncle and his father, Govardhan and Hiranya, they were fabulously wealthy, very influential, popular, famous. They had everything materialists want. And Raghunath was the only son in the entire generation of his family. But it was in Chandpur close to his birthplace of Saptagram and Krishnapur that he met Haridas Thakur. Such a fascinating meditation this pastime. Raghunath Das Goswami 
had the finest clothes, the finest foods, the finest living conditions, the most beautiful wife, everything. But how is it that there was something he valued infinitely greater than that? Because there was a seed planted. When he was a child, he met with Haridas Thakur. Haridas Thakur just wore a loincloth. He had no fixed place of residence. He had no property. He had no money. He had no anything. And he wasn't, in, he was blasphemed and criticized more than he was appreciated wherever he went. And he was from a background of untouchable family. But Raghunath wa wanted what he had. He had love for Krishna. He had a taste for the chanting of Krishna's holy names. And Raghunath could see this is real pleasure. This is real wealth. The wealth of the heart. Ananda. Premananda. And Haridas Thakur, in the expression of his taste for the holy names, he detached himself from everything. Totally renounced. Raghunath wanted that. Vairagya Vidya Nidya Bhakti Yoga. And whatever, whatever distractions, whatever temptations, whatever his, his parents, his uncle, or anybody was trying to do to, to, to give him enjoyment in this world, he didn't care for it. Because he wanted what Haridas Thakur had. He wanted love for Krishna, love for God. Um, he tried to escape, to go to be with Lord Chaitanya after he met Lord Chaitanya at a particular time when Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came and was at Adwaitacharya's house. Um, he was introduced to Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And because that seed of Haridas Thakur's blessings and mercy had been nurtured in his heart for several years when he met Lord Chaitanya, he surrendered his life to him. But the beautiful example is it wasn't easy. He wanted what he wanted to do. There was every type of impediment trying to stop him from doing it. But he was determined. And by his own efforts, he could not escape from the bondage of all the material responsibilities that were around him. With his intelligence, through his efforts, he could not. But he understood the principle he went to Panihati. He even had the blessings of his family to go because there Lord Nityananda Prabhu 
was visiting along with his most intimate associates. From Jagannath Puri, Lord Chaitanya secretly told Nityananda Prabhu that you should go to Bengal and I will give you so many of my most confidential associates to travel with you so that you can preach this pure devotional service, this Harinam Sankirtan movement to everyone. Do not think who is fit or who is unfit, who is qualified or who is unqualified. Give everyone the chance. Nityananda Prabhu established this Namhata. He established preaching that was historical. While living in Navadweep, Haridas Thakur and Nityananda Prabhu were given that same instruction. They delivered Jagayan Madhai. And from Puri, Lord Chaitanya wanted Nityananda Prabhu to return to Bengal to, to, to continue that, that rainstorm of causeless mercy upon fallen souls. Parama Karuna Pahundui Janani Thai Goda Chandra Tava Avatara Tara Siromani Kevalananda Kanda that Mahaprabhu Sri Chaitanya and Nityananda Prabhu they are supremely merciful, kind, compassionate. So there Nityananda Prabhu he was sitting under that banyan tree on the banks of the river Ganga. And Raghunath Das Goswami considered himself unfit to approach him. He bowed from a distance. And Nityananda Prabhu recognized him and gave him a service. feed chipped rice and dahi to all the devotees and all the people. Um, chipped rice, chida, is such a cheap, simple food. Raghunath Das Goswami had such wealth, he could have made puris and sabjis and mass quantities of halava and sweet rice and, and rasgulas and he could, he could have made such a feast for those people. He had the means to do it. But Nityananda, he said, feed them chira, <laughs> chipped rice. Um, Krishna tells in Gita Patram Pushpampalam Toyam that even the simplest things, if it's done with love and devotion, Krishna will accept. And in this way, um, the simplest of all simple foods was Nityananda Prabhu's formula for, um, for the service by which Raghunath Das Goswami can have all his desires fulfilled. 
because Raghunath Das Goswami, even though it was so simple, he did it with so much love and so much devotion. Everyone was so happy that eventually the next day, Nityananda Prabhu, he placed his foot on Raghunath's head and he had, he had each and every devotee bless Raghunath Das Goswami. Raghunath Das Goswami went to the feet of every devotee and bowed down and asked for blessings, and they all blessed him. That is greatness. And Nityananda Prabhu said, very soon your desire will be fulfilled. You will be a personal associate of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in Puri. After receiving that blessings, the door opened for Raghunath Das Goswami. He had to escape to get to Jagannath Puri from his home in Adi Saptagram. Took 12 days. Calcutta is very special in this way too because Adi Saptagram, Krishnapur, Chandpur, they're all within a couple hours of Calcutta. In fact, they're just in between Calcutta and Sri Mayapur Dham, just a, a short um, distance off the main road one can go to these places. Such a holy land. Um, but those holy places are not only geographical, places of pilgrimage, but they're also places of pilgrimage that we can take within our minds and within our hearts, wherever we are in the world. So here I am, um, over 10,000 miles away, um, meditating on these holy places of Bengal of Mahaprabhu and his associates' pastimes. And you're right there. You're breathing the air. You're living there. You're only a few minutes away. But the bhava of how much we really humble ourselves to appreciate serving that place is actually the real connection of the heart. In those 12 days of traveling through the jungles and the forests and through tiny villages, Raghunath only got to eat three days. And then he arrived in Jagannath Puri. And it was at Gambira that from a distant place again, he did his Dandavat Pranams, Mukunda Dat. He said to Lord Chaitanya, there is Raghunath Das. And Lord Chaitanya called him. Raghunath Das Goswami clasped the lotus feet of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And Lord Chaitanya lifted him up and embraced him. Lord Chaitanya told Raghunath Das Goswami 
that the mercy of Krishna is the most powerful energy in all of existence. There is nothing stronger than the mercy of Krishna. And because you have received the mercy of Krishna, Krishna has relieved you from the bondage of materialistic life. This faith is what will empower us to pass through all the inevitable obstacles we have within this world on the path of devotional service. This material nature is very difficult to overcome. It's Krishna's energy. Maya is all-powerful. Whatever material intelligence we have, whatever material abilities we have, whatever material influence we have, it's just a minute, insignificant little transformation of Maya's energy. How could we conquer Maya? How could we be free from the clutches of Maya? Krishna tells by taking shelter of him by surrendering to him. Because Krishna is the source of all energies. The source of all spiritual, all material worlds and those who know this engage in his loving service and worship him with all our hearts. Lord Chaitanya, he told all the world what we should have faith in, that there is no power that is greater or that can compare to the mercy of Krishna. It's the most powerful thing. In fact, Rupa Goswami tells Namo Mahabharata Nyaya Krishna Prema Pradayate Krishnaya Krishna Chaitanya Namane Gonatvishe Namaha. That Lord Chaitanya is even more merciful than Krishna or all of the other avatars. Why? Because he's exhibiting his mercy, his compassion, his munificence most freely as Lord Sri Chaitanya Mahabharu. Narutam Das Thakur was blessed by Nityananda Prabhu also. He, he's praying that Lord Goranga, you are you are most merciful. You have descended to give your mercy to the most fallen. There's nothing else and no one else that can save us except your mercy. And then he teaches us how to receive that mercy. To think ourselves very fallen. To think ourselves undeserving. To think ourselves unentitled. 
to chant, to hear the Bhagavatam, to associate with devotees, to serve. This mentality, this consciousness is the very thread that, that unites all the thread of characteristic that is common in all the great saints of the Vaishnava tradition. My claim is first, Narottam Das Thakur is saying, which means no one is more fallen than me. Thakur Haridas prayed that way, Rupa Goswami prayed that way, Raghunath Das Goswami, Sanatan Goswami, they all prayed this way. Srila Prabhupada and Jaladuta prayed in this way also, begging for mercy. Yes, Lord Chaitanya said there is nothing, nothing more powerful than Krishna's mercy. It is the greatest power in all of existence. And it's only by this mercy that one could be free from the clutches of Maya, from the clutches of the ahankar, the false ego. And Raghunath, you have received Krishna's mercy. Then Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he said that this material existence is like a pit where people go to pass stool. And those people who are trying to enjoy this material existence, whatever titles they may have, however they may dress, however beautiful they may temporarily think they are, they're all like the little worms enjoying that stool. Why does he use this example? It seems quite grotesque, the idea of worms and stool. But what's so interesting about it is you and me, for us, stool is not at all attractive. But for a worm, it's the most attractive place to be. They don't want to be anywhere else. It's like a festival of enjoyment for a worm to be inside stool. It tastes so good and it smells so good and it's so comfortable to be sliding around in and, and, I can, and I can have a family here and I can have children here and grandchildren here and oh, how wonderful. And the, 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 the proof is, Lord Chaitanya said, if you take a worm out of school stool, he'll very enthusiastically struggle to get back in. So Srila Prabhupada tells in the same way to a person who's tasting the sweetness of pure devotional service, then all, when Lord Chaitanya is talking about this pit of stool, it doesn't mean the material world. It means, the, it means material consciousness. Because a devotee, Krishna tells in Gita, he sees everything as Krishna's energy. For one who sees me everywhere and everything in me, for that person I'm never lost, nor is he ever lost to me. 
a devotee sees Krishna's energy, sees every situation in this material world as an opportunity to serve Krishna as Krishna's property. Krishna's property can never be stool. Krishna's energy is never stool. It's forgetfulness that is that what that analogy is is signifying. It's that forgetfulness of Krishna, where um, what Yanisha Sarva Bhutanam, great souls see night as day, and in the same way, an enlightened person is asleep to this false egoistic conception of enjoyment. And pure loving devotional service, the ordinary person is asleep to that. So Lord Chaitanya is speaking about a type of consciousness. And to be free from this inclination for material and enjoyment, for profit, adoration, distinction, nadanamna janamna sundarim kavitam va jagadisha kamaye mama janmani janmani shwari bhavatad bhakti rohoi Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu prayed, I do not want wealth, Najanam. I don't want fame, prestige, followers. We must take this very seriously. What is our heart? I do not want the pleasures of this world, even the, the, the sexual pleasures, which are at the very heart of material existence. I don't want to be known as a scholar or a, or, or a, a very knowledgeable person. I don't want mystic powers. I don't even want liberation from suffering. I only want to serve you, my Lord. I want to please you, my Lord. It is this state of consciousness. It is this aspiration when we, when we cultivate and live it that we attract Krishna's mercy. And we understand there's no power anywhere that can bring us to Krishna's loving service except Krishna's mercy it is all powerful supremely powerful in fact sri radharani's compassion which manifests through lord chaitanya krishna conceives it as even more powerful than himself that is love you have received krishna's mercy raghunathdas goswami and therefore, he has delivered you from the bondage of material impediments. Raghunathas Goswami was thinking, I do not know what is Krishna's mercy. I only know, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, that it is your mercy that has saved me. When Lord Chaitanya showed his mercy to Raghunath Das Goswami 
And this is so important. It's not a detail. It's a vital principle. Raghunath Das Goswami went to each and every devotee. Every devotee that was assembled there. He bowed to each of them. He humbled himself at the feet of every devotee and begged for their blessings. And all the devotees blessed him. This is how he attained Nityananda's mercy. And again, he did the same thing. And this is how he attained Lord Chaitanya's mercy. Now, it wasn't just artificial or superficial because Mahaprabhu, Sri Chaitanya, Nityananda Prabhu, they are the very source of the Paramatma who is situated in everyone's heart, who sees our intent, who sees why, why we do what we do. Raghunath was really feeling himself the servant of the servant of the servant. And therefore, he was a complete recipient of Krishna's all-powerful mercy. And this next part of the story is quite relevant to the situation we're living in today. Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he saw the body of Raghunath Das Goswami. He saw that he traveled through jungles and forests and through villages for 12 days. He only got something to eat three, three days. He saw that Lord, that Raghunath Das Goswami's body was very dirty from the travels and he was very skinny very thin from not eating food he wasn't in good health Lord Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu Krishna Das Kaviraj Goswami says his heart melted he felt so much compassion to see Raghunath Das Goswami's physical state. Such a complete picture in just a few verses of Lord Chaitanya's mission. First, first Mahaprabhu is teaching about being transcendental to this material world. And now his heart is breaking to see Raghunath Das Goswami's physical body is not well. <laughs> um, and in this same spirit, Srila Prabhupada taught us we're not this body. But then he wrote, I hope this letter meets you in best of health. And that meant physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Because the bodily concept is janasya mohoya mahamameti, that I am this body, and therefore all the designations of this body that I identify with are, are who I am. And whatever's in my possession is mine. 
and so many things that are not in my possession. I want to be mine. That's the cause of all fear. It's the cause of envy. It's the cause of greed, lust. And it's this bodily conception of life that creates so many divisions between people. Sutradam Saravaputanam. A real devotee of the Lord sees all beings with equal vision. We have read about Vasudev, the leper who lived in South India near Kumar, near um, Kurmakshetra. He had little worms in his body that were eating away his diseased skin. Now those worms, if you have a healthy body, they don't want anything to do with you. But because he had leprosy and his, and his, his flesh was rotting, stinking and rotting, the worms were having a feast and a festival and made their residence there. But as soon as his body became healthy again, they, they, didn't, they didn't want him. <laughs> so, but still, Vasudev was respecting the spirit soul, the part and parcel of Krishna in every worm. And it wasn't like he was thinking that you're an eternal soul, so let me just step on your body. He was showing his honor to the worm through the worm's body. If the worm fell from him, he would pick it up very respectful, very delicately and place it back so he could eat nicely. We can't imitate that. But the principle we must aspire for, paradukaduki, that to the degree we expand our vision of feeling the suffering for others and feeling the happiness of others, to the, the more it expands to include all living beings, the more we're actually dear to Krishna. The more we're actually in real Krishna consciousness. There's a beautiful statement, Srila Prabhupada, made. He said, this Krishna consciousness movement means to feel the sufferings for others. That is the meaning of Krishna consciousness, because that was the mood of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, his heart was breaking and aching, melting, because he saw Raghunath Das Goswami, his body was in such an unhealthy state. And he entrusted him to Swarup Damodar Goswami and said, please take care of him. <laughs> and Swarup Damodar Goswami and Govinda, Lord Chaitanya's personal assistant, they all took such special care to nurse Raghunath Das Goswami back to health. Um, they would give him Lord Chaitanya's personal remnants. Raghunath Das Goswami, he, he received the mercy of the Lord through this character that is so visibly revealed to us 
in his life. And he was the servant of the servant of the servant of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. He felt so undeserving, even when he had a question for Lord Chaitanya, he would ask Swarup Damodar Goswami to ask Lord Chaitanya the question. Um, there was no ego. And because of this mood, Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu bestowed his fullest mercy on Raghunathas Goswami. Mahaprabhu's life and soul was a Govardhan Shila that was brought to him from Vrindavan. Now, you know, today, sometimes, you know, people think it's quite, you know, just a free thing, just worship Govardhan Shilas, but in in Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita, there's hardly any places where it sh discusses this, save and accept Lord Chaitanya personally giving a Govardhan Shila to the highest of all devotees, the Prayojanacharya Raghunath Das Goswami. Lord Chaitanya. For years, he kept that Shila, and he, in the mood of Sri Radha, Radha Baba Duti Suvalitam Nomi Krishna Swarupam, who was Lord Chaitanya? Krishna, Swayam Bhagavan, the original Supreme Personality of Godhead, the source of all incarnations, the enjoyer of Vrindavan, the ultimate goal of, of a devotee's life. Krishna is experiencing the Mahabhav, the love of Sri Radha. And he's so much um, completely overwhelmed by Sri Radha's love that his very complexion becomes the golden complexion of Srimati Radha Rani. This is Mahaprabhu. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, in the mood of Sri Radha, saw that Govardhan Shila as Sri Nanda Nandana. And when he was in his deepest ecstasies, he would hold that Shila to his forehead, push that Shila to his heart. That Shila was constantly bathed with the tears of Prem of Lord Goranga. He gave Sri Giriraj to Raghunath Das Goswami and also gave him instructions and all the facilities and articles by which Raghunath could worship Govardhan Shila. And ultimately he gave Raghunath a place at Govardhan Hill, Sri Radha Kund. Such an exalted state. So it is not that we can take any of these things to be ordinary. It is not that we can think we are entitled to or we deserve anything in Krishna consciousness. It's all coming by causeless mercy. But in order to really connect to that causeless mercy, Narottam Das Thakur, Rupa Raghunatha Pati, we have to follow in the footsteps of Rupa Goswami and Raghunath Das Goswami. And this character of their limitless 
appreciation and gratitude, to be in the association of devotees, to serve the devotees, to chant the Lord's holy names. That is who they were. And that is the way to Brindaban. Srila Prabhupada wrote that we can't really reach Brindaban just by getting a train ticket or a plane ticket or it's only by entering into this mood. By this mood of service, this service attitude, this humble, grateful service attitude, this determination to carry on our servant service, whatever the obstacle may be. That is what attracts Krishna. That's how we surrender. That's how we take shelter. We say take shelter, but actually it's in giving that we receive shelter. We can't take shelter. <laughs> Krishna doesn't, doesn't give shelter if we're in a taking state of mind. We're giving. What was Draupadi's state when she was being stripped by Dushasana? She was giving her heart. She was giving her soul. Krishna, I am yours. And Krishna gave her shelter. Gajendra, when he was in the, in the, in the crocodile's jaws, such severe, unbearable pain, humiliation, the verge of death. How did he take shelter? By giving his body, his mind, his life to Krishna. I'm yours. Takur Bhakti Vinod prayed in all the 14 worlds, Krishna, there's nothing except your shelter that has any true value. Sarvadharman Parityaja Mami Kam Saranam Braja Aham Tvam Sarvapapi Pyo Moksha Ishami Mahasuchaha Abandon all varieties of Dharma and just surrender. Take shelter. Sharanagati. I will take over. Srila Prabhupada, how did he surrender? Krishna, I'm your puppet. I'm giving myself to you. Make me dance as you want me to dance. So when we say take shelter, the process is in giving up our false egos to serve. Krishna, I'm yours. So when Srila Prabhupada and his last days he expressed you will show your love for me by how you cooperate with one another to expand this mission he was giving us a very high pedestal of surrender to take very serious in our life because what it means to love love is a very cheap thing in this world, some people think love is sexual enjoyment. Other pe 
People think love is just, you know, family dependence and affection for one another. Some people feel feel love is a philanthropic thing. Some people feel love is something very immoral or, or even cruel. And in spiritual life, we could talk about loving our gurus. We could talk about loving Krishna. But actual love is... is expressed through sacrifice, through tapasya, through putting the higher principle of what will please our gurus and what will, because what pleases our guru is what pleases Krishna, yasya prasada, bhagavad prasada. Such a simple statement, you could show your love for me by how you cooperate. This whole story of Raghunath Das Goswami that we're explaining, that's what it's about. He showed his love by how he honored and respected the devotees. How whatever disagreements we may have, we somehow or other, um, we orient it under the higher principle of what will please our spiritual master, what will please Srila Prabhupada. Ayur Mahaprabhu prayed to be a speck of dust at the feet of Krishna. He prayed to be the servant of the servant of the servant of Krishna. And Haridas Thakur as our Namacharya, he emulated all these principles and therefore, he could chant the holy names of the Lord constantly. Raghunath Das Goswami wanted what he had. And we are aspiring to follow in the footsteps of the Goswamis. That is what our mission is. In whatever state we're in, we may be husbands, we may be wives, we may be students, whoever we are, wherever we are, the same divine principles are the light that we aspire to live in. Calcutta, what an inconceivable good fortune. Um, in Brindaban, when the six Goswamis were living there, it was just pristine forest. River Yamuna, fragrant, nectarine, pure, clean. There was no buildings. All the trees, desire trees, flowering, blooming, kadambas, banyans. Tamil trees, peacocks, parrots. Now, Brindaban, so much noise, so much pollution. But the real Brindaban is not just this outer sur surface of what we perceive through our senses. 
The real Vrindavan is revealed to our hearts according to our service attitude. To be grateful. And Calcutta, Prabhupada's birthplace, the traffic in Calcutta is outrageous. The, the pollution is outrageous. The congestion is outrageous. The amounts of greed and lust and anger and envy and arrogance that's all around in the atmosphere. But that's not the Calcutta that we're talking about. It's the place where Srila Prabhupada and our Acharya is considered sacred. In fact, it was a polluted place even during Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur's time, and that's why he made it the capital of his preaching. So you are fortunate. Um, be grateful for your fortune, and then only by Krishna's mercy, you will understand your good fortune. I thank you very much. Dairam Prabhu, I don't know what I was supposed to speak about. I forgot to ask, but I just, I just started speaking, and I hope you are um, pleased with me. Hey, Krishna. Everybody is getting happy. Maharaj, do you have more time to take a few questions if somebody wants to have? Yes, we can do that. Hare Krishna Maharaj. Yes, yes, Prabhu. Maharaj, thank you very much for this wonderful talk about the merciful nature of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Maharaj, I want to ask one question that you have explained very nicely how Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has expressed his love and devotion for his spiritual master in Kumar Hatta. So I want to know from you, Maharaj, that how I can develop my love and devotion for my spiritual master. What is that secret that I should apply? Within, within our ISKCON society, all of the spiritual masters are assisting Srila Prabhupada in his mission to his spiritual master. And um, by following the teachings of Srila Prabhupada in his books, by living in such a way that's favorable toward the the happiness of the Vaishnavas within our movement and living with the conviction and enthusiasm together to help to spread this movement, to transcend all politics, to transcend all sectarian boundaries among Vaishnavas, but to actually really be a family that's, that's living happily together, trying to expand our movement, to try to be a to try to pursue that goal is what every spiritual master of our movement wants. So if we're doing that, we know 100% for sure we're pleasing our spiritual masters.
Thank you very much, Maharaj. Hare Krishna. Maharaj, there is a question. Hare Krishna Maharaj, Dandar Pranam. How I have, how, what should you do each and every day to increase your love for Krishna? This is question from Sumit Paul Prabhu. Every day we should take shelter of the holy names of the Lord through our japa, kirtan. Every day, Srinvat Nastapraisya Badrishu Nityam Bhagavati Seva. Every day we should try to read from Srila Prabhupada's books or hear Srimad Bhagavatam from the Vaishnavas. And we should be eagerly seeking these opportunities to be with the devotees and to serve the devotees. Then Krishna is pleased with us. And by Krishna's grace, he increases our taste for hearing and chanting. He increases our empowerment to truly, in a genuine way, attract others to Krishna consciousness. First, next question is from J.D. Prabhu and Rusha Mataji. How to remain focused in Krishna consciousness and retain service mode in this tough and challenging situation? It begins by seeing the opportunity we have Tough situations, challenging conditions are most favorable for taking shelter of Krishna. Srila Prabhupada quoted this verse time and again. It was originally spoken by the original guru of our parampara, Lord Brahma when he was in the presence of Krishna in Vrindavan. And he's praying that, my Lord, one who even in painful, difficult conditions with a grateful heart takes shelter of you, that person <coughs> you give liberation to. And... So many of the great souls we read about, um, their, their greatness was revealed at times of challenge. Let us take Prahlad. Prahlad, for long, long, many, many years, he was king of his dynasty. Um, Srimad Bhagavatam and other Vedic scriptures, it says very little about all those hundreds of years that he was the king of the dynasty. It just speaks about a couple months of his life when he was five years old, because those were the times when he had faced the greatest challenge, being thrown in pits of snakes, being thrown in fire, being submerged under the ocean, being fed poison, being pierced by spears and tridents, being, being um, blasphemed and intimidated by Hiranyakashipu and his armies. And 
in that situation, he was always taking shelter of Krishna. Krishna, I'm yours. Mare Krishna, Rake Ke, Rake Krishna, Mare Kre. Krishna, if you want to protect me, I have nothing to fear. And if you want to kill me, I'm yours. I have faith that you know what's best for me. So Prahlad Maharaj's greatness was, was always, he was just as great when he was sitting on the throne, living in, in great comfort. But to teach us, Sukadev Goswami focuses on these few months of Prahlad's life when he was in the most trouble. And similarly, Ambarish Maharaj, we get some glimpse of into his life. He was totally immersed in Krishna 24 hours a day from the time he woke up in the morning to the time he took rest at night and he dreamed about Krishna throughout the night. He used his legs to go to the temple. He used his hands to clean the temple. He's his smelling. He used to smell the incense and the flowers offered to the Lord. He his mouth, his tongue. He would taste the sweetness of chanting the glories of the Lord and and tasting the prasad of the Lord. His ears would be drinking in the nectar of Hari Kata. His eyes and seeing the beautiful deities and the devotees. He was immersed every time, at every moment. He was not in the material world. He was in the spiritual world while living here. But still, the most prominence of his life is given when Durvas Muni um, insulted him, intimidated him, blasphemed him, said false things against him, and then tried to destroy him. The Pandavas, even Ramayan, so much of the Leela of Ram is about when he was in exile. <laughs> there is some, some beautiful stories about how he was enjoying living in Chitrakut, but mostly it was Sita being kidnapped and looking for Sita and, his, and, and, and getting exiled to the forest and, and his father giving up his life and grief. And the, the Hanuman story. Hanuman was always dancing and chanting and singing. He was always blissful. But most of the stories of Hanuman is when he's jumping over oceans and lifting mountains and, uh, and fighting for Ram. And even Vrindavan Leela. Vrindavan Leela, there are no impediments in the spiritual world. But when Krishna descends into this world, Krishna enjoyed so many sweet, loving pastimes with his devotees, the gopas and the gopis. The Rasa Leela, it, it describes that when Krishna danced with the gopis, he extended that one night of dancing to an entire night of Brahma. <laughs> an entire day and night of Brahma. Um, but still... When we read the Srimad Bhagavatam 10th Canto, there's so many stories about demons coming. <laughs> Why? Because these were troubled times when all the Brijabhasis would take shelter of Krishna. So troubled times are inevitable. In fact, 
just this morning I was listening to a recording of Srila Prabhupada and Srila Prabhupada said, in this material world, everyone has to suffer. If you're not suffering now, you will know, you can know for sure you will be suffering. <laughs> Everyone in this material world has to suffer. Srila Prabhupada said, so why not suffer for Krishna? Because if you suffer for Krishna, you're, taste, you're taking the medicine wherein you could be free from all suffering forever. That suffering itself for Krishna sacrifice this kirtan is a sacrifice that means we're willing to suffer for it during this COVID-19 everybody's suffering whatever one's religion there are Christians and Muslims and Jains and Buddhists and Sikhs and there are Hindus and there are Shivites and there are Vaishnavas. So much suffering. And there's atheists and there's agnostics and there's people from the East and the West and people who are rich and people are poor. We see so many people are suffering economically from the health perspective, lockdowns, people are getting depressed and lonely and, and people are, many are hopeless. Many are losing loved ones. And many people who, you know, from materialistic people, they love to go to sporting events and they love to go to restaurants, but they can't do it. And devotees, we love to go to the temple and we love to have kirtan with Vaishnavas and go to Bhagavatam classes and go to Harikatas, and but we can't do it the same way we used to. So in this way, the whole world is restricted, but devotees grow through the restrictions because in this situation we we know that we have the opportunity krishna's in his holy names krishna's in Prabhupada's books Krish, and and through technology we could be meeting with one another just like today devotees could reach out to one another whether it's physically in a temple room or in people's homes and namhatas, or whether that same spirit of satsang, you know, we could reach out to one another on Zoom through the through the internet, whatever. We could make we could make material energy into spiritual energy by just using it to come together to hear and chant about Krishna. So this is a special blessing. It's a special opportunity and it will pass. And when it does pass, we're gonna think back, how much advancement I could have made during that time. Why didn't I take advantage? Why didn't I see the opportunity? Next question is from Gunagahi Gauranga Prabhu. He is asking, what is the best way to utilize the opportunity to be in Kolkata Dham? To meditate upon and implement into our life the gifts that Srila Prabhupada has given us. To humble ourselves with gratitude, to receive every day the gift of the holy name.
the gift of the Srimad Bhagavatam, Bhagavad Gita, the gift of the association of devotees, the gift of the holy deities that may in our temples and in our homes, the gift of the opportunity to serve and please the Lord. Hare Krishna. Okay. Maharaj, before that, could you speak a few words about uh, Bhakti Charu Maharaj, because many of his disciples are here with us, and they were probably feeling some, uh, you know, still feeling that separation and pain. So a few words would be nice. Thank you. Thank you so very much for um, for speaking the, the glories of His Holiness Bhakti Charu Swami Maharaj. Um, it's, it, it's just absolutely perfect that at the conclusion of our talk, we're discussing the greatness of Bhakti Charu Swami Maharaj's mercy. Bhakti Charu Swami Maharaj is, I believe he was born in Calcutta. And he was brought up in Calcutta. Um, he's perhaps one of the only leaders in the topmost roles of Prabhupada's society that's actually born and raised in Calcutta. <laughs> and Srila Prabhupada um, gave him the service of translating all of his books into the Bengali language, the native language of Srila Prabhupada, the native language of our whole Gaudiya Parampara. Srila Vrindavan Das Thakur, Srila Krishna Das Kaviraj Goswami Maharaj, and so many Vaishnavas, you know, their literatures were in Bengali language. And, and, between Sanskrit and Bengali, these two languages are the very heart, the foundation of our whole sampradaya. And Srila Prabhupada entrusted um, Srila Bhakti Charu Maharaj with such a service. He made him the secretary for all of India. And at the time, Srila Prabhupada was spending more time in India than any other part of the world. His most expensive, his most courageous and largest projects were all being developed in India, in Vrindavan, in Mumbai, in Hyderabad, and in Sri Mayapur Dham. Um, and the first temple in India that Srila Prabhupada established was in Calcutta, Sri Radha Govinda's temple. So Srila Prabhupada put so much of his heart and energy and to be this, his secretary for all of India, to do the correspondence. Srila Prabhupada had such faith and trust in Bhakti Charu Maharaj's unmotivated, unconditional service. And his Holiness Bhakti Charu Swami Maharaj was, was a new devotee at the time, relatively, you know, in regard to how many days he was in the movement. But Srila Prabhupada saw instantly 
the pure, sincere intent he had to serve unconditionally. And Srila Prabhupada gave him these services. What greatness. And, you know, by the Abhay Charan series, he glorified Srila Prabhupada through the media like had never been done before at that time. It's historical. Um, he traveled the world giving lectures, leading beautiful kirtans, wonderful heart-rending kirtans. And especially, you know, for today's audience, how much he was concerned with developing Calcutta. Um, there are four GBCs of Calcutta, but as, as far as I know, Bhakti Charu Swami Maharaj, he invested so much of his time there. Whenever I would go to Calcutta, I would always see big, beautiful banners advertising Bhakti Charu Swami Maharaj's events, which means he was just coming or he had just gone. <laughs> um, he was so he was so active and dynamic in various phone calls between us and various meetings between us. How many times Bhakti Charu Maharaj would make himself available to the various leaders of the Calcutta Yatra to give guidance, to give encouragement. He was most active of any of the leading devotees in this way of raising funds for Calcutta. He was so eager, so, so eager to build that beautiful temple for Radhago for in, in, in Calcutta. Srila Prabhupada, one of his unfulfilled instructions was a magnificent temple in Calcutta. It was Prabhupada's desire. And um, in all these years since Srila Prabhupada gave that instruction in the early 70s, up until very recently, there was no attempt to do it. We were just, devotees were just living in the same premise on Albert Road that Srila Prabhupada originally got very in the earliest days of ISKCON India. <laughs> um, but, you know, Srila Prabhupada wanted a beautiful temple, a temple to celebrate, you know, our whole sampradaya what to speak of honoring the birthplace of our Guru Maharaj. Um, we have beautiful samadhi in Mayapur. We have beautiful samadhi in um, Brindaban. But to have something wonderful, a monument to celebrate Srila Prabhupada's birthplace, the birthplace of the Gaudiya mission of preaching, the birthplace of where Srila Prabhupada received the instruction from Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, the birthplace of where Srila Prabhupada accepted Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Prabhupada as his Guru Maharaj, the birthplace where Sri Lord where Srila Prabhupada boarded the Jala Dutta to go to the West, the birthplace of the first temple Srila Prabhupada just established in India. How important is Calcutta? Bhakti Charu Maharaj, he had such appreciation for that. 
He was so active in helping to, to, to propose designs for the new temple, to raise funds for the new temple, to mobilize the devotees to develop that temple. He was so excited about Ultadunga Junction Road and developing Prabhupada's actual birthplace where the jackfruit tree is and, and that area. He was so excited. He was so excited to make Calcutta a spiritual center in the world, the gateway to Mayapur. Um, when Srila Prabhupada would say gateway to Mayapur, that's what he called Calcutta, we find that in the British times, gateways was always a magnificent monument. You know, the gateway to India in Mumbai is probably the most historical um, structure in all of Mumbai. And millions of tourists come there every year. <laughs> so the gateway to Mayapur, um, Bhakti Charu Swami Maharaj, he wanted so much for the unity of the devotees, for the happiness of the devotees, and he wanted so much to build that temple and to develop all these projects we just spoke on. And how could we honor and serve Bhakti Charu Maharaj by understanding what was his wish, what was his heart's desire, and by giving our lives to serve that desire. That's how we can serve Bhakti Charu Maharaj in Calcutta, by, by helping to realize his dream to glorify Srila Prabhupada in Calcutta. And Bhakti Charu Swami Maharaj, his love for Srila Prabhupada, his glorification of Srila Prabhupada, his total surrender to Srila Prabhupada, it manifested in his kindness, his compassion, passion to all devotees and his courage his incredible courage to stand up against all odds in Srila Prabhupada's service while preserving that humble compassionate loving heart and he he loved because he loved Srila Prabhupada so much, watering the root of the tree, he loved every devotee of Iskand so dearly. And if we could learn to love each other the way he loved us and together build Calcutta to, to, to make his dream a reality, that is, that is how we can serve him in Calcutta. And I believe that Srila Prabhupada personally brought Bhakti Charu Swami Maharaj to be with him in the spiritual world. And in doing that, knowing that the power of Bhakti Charu Maharaj's desires, the power of his influence to fulfill those desires in Prabhupada's mission will actually, he will be more present with us to inspire us and empower us in 
our service and separation. Thank you, Dairam Prabhu, for bringing up that, that most, um, most beloved subject. His Holiness Bhakti Charu Swami Maharaj Ki Jai. <laughs>